Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Touche the Podcast. I'm David, and I'm here with my Barbie girl of a co-host, Tally. Hello, David. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Happy Barbie opening week to yourself. Happy Oppenheimer opening week to you. Thank you so much, cutie pie. And everyone, welcome back to Tea the P. Welcome to Tea the P. As always, feel free to give us a five-star review. Follow us everywhere that you can find podcasts. Don't forget to send us an email if you have any questions for us, anything you want to hear us talk about. We got some interesting segs for you today, so better hop on in. The dogs are out to play. We should do ASMR. Why am I like taking you on my shirt right now? Testing. Did you just move your foot away from me? Were you not listening when I said that? No, I wasn't. I'm so sorry. I must have not been listening to anything you- I have not been paying attention at all. Vroom, vroom. Is that good ASMR? What are you doing? (laughs) I went to two new spots this weekend that I wanted to tell you about. Please do. Friday night, I went to this jazz bar called Revelers Hall. Have you ever been there? No, where is it? It's in Bishop Arts. Oh. It's kind of close to like Paradiso on that strip. Okay. Um, is this why you were talking about Bishop Arts? This is why I was talking about Bishop Arts. Okay, Revelers Hall. It was, So it was Bastille Day. Oh, that's like French stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's French National Day, the 14th of July. Bonjour. So it was Bastille Day. So all of Bishop Arts was absolutely crowded. They were doing like little, everyone was, first of all, everyone was wearing berets. Which Shut was up. just so funny and silly. Were you wearing one? I was, was like not. a little mustache. I wish I had a little mustache. Wee wee. <laughs> a little baguette. I, lo- I love a little baguette. So Revelers Hall, which apparently is pretty empty most of the time, was filled to the brim. But there was an amazing jazz band playing. Mm. Really great food. Really great. Really great cocktails. Such a great spot. If anyone's interested in like watching live jazz, yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. Second spot was Lavender Lounge. Mm, why does it sound oh you were talking to me about that yeah no I'm, I was. I'm like wait why do all these things sound so familiar mm-hmm. yeah so lavender lounge is apparently relatively new in dallas and it's above royal 38 it's next to um it's kind of like by north italia the henry that little area of shops mm-hmm. but it's a lounge upstairs and it's super dark really vibey Really great food, amazing drinks. Like it's kind of like they do like Instagramable drinks. Okay, I love that. Like I got a cocktail with like boba in it. Oh, yum, I love boba. And then one of my friends, Elizabeth, got a cocktail with like a bubble on top. Like it's that kind of place, oh, you cute. know? Yeah. We were like squatted up. Like it was such a you're good al- crew. You're always squatted up. Always squatted up. Yeah. And the AC was out in the restaurant underneath. We very subtly we didn't complain, but we were like, Can we get a fan over here? Because yeah. We're pretty hot. And they sent us a round of shots. Isn't that so nice? Just like ignore the problem. They're like, we can't get you a fan, but like blackout so you can't even feel the temperature anymore. No, that's exactly what happened. We were like texting the person, the reservation person. Reservation? What did you have? Like a, what is that called? It's like, you know, when Resi texts you to confirm your reservation? Yeah. You know, there's a real person on the other end of that. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is automated when you're like, you can cancel it or confirm it. That's the automated part. But if you text it, it's like a it's like a real person. What am I thinking of right now? What was that thing in college that we used to have? Like when you're trying to get to a club, it's not a bouncer, a promoter. Know. 
Oh, yeah. No, it's kind of like promoter It sounds vibes. like you're texting your promoter. Kind of a promoter, kind of not. But yeah. they were like, we're so sorry, my friend. We don't have a fan, but we will sh- we will send you a round of shots. We were all like, you know what? We'll take the shots. Yeah, that works. We'll take the shots. That works. But really great spot if anyone's looking for kind of a chill place to get like a table. Not like an actual table, but just like have some like low seats, cool cocktails. I love some good low seats. <laughs> I don't know what a low seat is. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know, the lower the better. Like I would be on the <laughs> fucking floor. Like, you know, I want us all just sitting on little, like, little pillows, just crisscross applesauce taking shots. That's my perfect Friday. <laughs> if you want some low-ass seats, go to Lavender Lounge. Do you mean, like, not high tops? Yeah, I meant, like, you're sitting, <laughs> you're sitting on, like, a low booth. I don't know what A I'm... low booth? I don't know. Okay, stop asking me questions. I don't want to talk about Lavender Lounge <laughs> Okay, I am not even lying. I had a weekend where I was, like, I utilized every single hour from when I shut my laptop to f- on Friday at 5.30 when I sh- shut my laptop to Monday morning, I literally utilized every hour of my weekend. That's so good. Like, Isn't it like always so hard to go back to work after that? I was so tired on Monday, but I also was like, this is the point of life, you know? Yeah. I'm just living life. I went to the porch on Friday. Oh my gosh, what did you order? Did you get the grilled cheese? Not a salmon burger. Yum, how was that? So good. They have really good fries. Um, I don't remember any of the drinks I got, but I remember them being really good. They do have really good drinks. That's a Dallas classic. Yeah, the vibes were good. It was like crowded, but not too crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to Single Wide after. I love Single Wide. I haven't been to Single Wide. You've never been to Single Wide? I haven't. Is you... that over on like Ross Greenville area? Yeah, it's like down the street from, it's diagonal from Libertine. Oh, okay, perfect. So it's on Lower Greenville. Yeah, people were like, oh my God, guys, we should go to Libertine. And I was like, that's so crazy. Tally talks about Libertine all the time. It's so fun. Yeah, there was a crowd out there. Really? Usually it's pretty empty. We should go single wide sometime. It's a good time. It's kind of, it's like divey. Is Do you it? like, like divey? I love a dive bar. Yeah. It's crowded. So if you don't like being in crowded spaces, don't go. But like, it's one of those situations where when you find a spot for your crew to sit and you just like hunker down with some good drinks, vibes. Yeah. Okay, wait, that's so nice. Yeah, it was so hot out on Friday, so it was nice to just be in the AC drinking. Have you been to Swizzle? No, but I see it all over my social media. Lil J and I went there. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah. They have like little Mai Tais. It's a major, a major luau vibe. Actually, the shirt that you're wearing right now would fit in perfectly at Swizzle. So I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I love like a Hawaiian shirt vibe. The rest of my weekend was just like spent celebrating people's birthdays. Oh, that's nice. Rounding out cancer season, which is exciting because... That means it's almost Leo season. The time of the lion. I'm Googling when does Leon's Leo season start. July 23rd. Okay, so it's still cancer season. Still cancer season when we're recording this. So that means your birthday is like right at the beginning of Leo season, basically. Five yeah. days in. Yeah. I wonder what that says about me. J- July Leos are supposed to be different than August Leos. Really? Mm-hmm. But they have similarities? I mean, because we're the same sign, but... Same sign, but we have some different little attributes, huh? We should use that for your birthday app, like over the differences between July Leos and August Leos. That's a good idea. And talk about whether we think that they're accurate or not. Um, Do you identify like... As a Leo? As a strong, strongly identify as a Leo. So I think you need to know my whole... So Leo Sun, Virgo Moon, Leo Rising. I think that I'm a Leo if you get to know me. And then I think the Virgo moon, like if you spend one-on-one time with me, really comes out. What's like the attributes of a Virgo? Like, well, so for the moon, like I love cleaning. I love being organized. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like anal about like 
people saying on top of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you like that at work. Yeah, that's very much going through that right now. But I also think Leos are like kind of mistaken because I think people think that they're the loudest people in the room. And I don't think you have to be the loudest to be the center of attention. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think that you can... So that's why I think people are sometimes like, maybe for you or I are like, oh, I mean, we we have a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) We are like the definition of Leos. And we just spent an hour recording ourselves. Yeah. So full stop. But... People are always like, oh, you're not like super loud and annoying. But yeah, so celebrated birthdays. Like, I feel like ever, I feel like a lot of people have like July birthdays. Yeah, they do. We just celebrated one of my friend Tina's birthdays. Happy birthday, Tina. HPD Tina. And then, so by the time I was like fully recovered on Sunday, uh, I watched the first three episodes of season two of The Summer I Turned Pretty. Ooh. Okay, wait, fun. I'm gonna have to watch that. Dude so sad really so i i'm not even lying like i bawled my eyes out through the first three episodes of season two can you remind everybody what it's about it's about this girl who family friends who go to this beach town every summer and there's two brothers and there's a love triangle did you watch season one you don't give me summer i turned pretty vibes i think i started and i didn't like it yeah you don't give me the vibes that you would like it but i don't remember why i didn't like it i mean i love like teenage love shows so. oh yeah so then it should be right up your alley yeah there was some reason i don't know but um, so sad and the soundtrack is killer i'm gonna put that on my list i just watched the christmas episode of the bear oh wait you haven't watched bear season two yet I'm still making my way through season one. We have Jonas Brothers next month. Dude, I was thinking about that. Okay, I saw this shirt that I want to... I was going to send it in our group text that I want to buy. want us all to buy. It says, I love hot dads. And then on the back, it has a picture of all of them. That's so cute. It's so They're cute. literally all dads. Yeah. They've grown up so well. Yeah. I'm so excited for Jonas Brothers. And then actually another one of our coworkers, Zanab and I, are seeing The Offspring in August too. I think it's August. Oh, is that like an emo band? Why is that so familiar? You know that song you're going to go... That's yeah. emo. They played this at emo night. Th- I would consider this emo. Oh, okay. Where is it? Um, I don't remember. But we're going with her brothers. And then also Nickelback is this weekend. It will probably be after we release this episode. It will probably be the day before. Mm-hmm. But if anybody's going to Nickelback, mm-hmm. we were trying to rally a crew. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Solid weekend. Solid concerts. Solid shows. Okay, dope. Word on the street is David has a travel segment for us. Hit us with that seg, baby. I haven't said baby enough lately. I'm going to bring that back. Bring back baby. Okay, it's you're up. BBB. <laughs> you just get that tatted. <laughs> and then when someone asks you what that means, you have to be like, bring back baby. Or it could be bring that booty. Mm-hmm. That could be an egg corn for bring back baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, I do have a travel segment for us. And when you think travel... I want you to think modes of transportation. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I actually was listening to this be debated in politics, and I I, I want to get your opinion on it, um, how you feel about it, how I feel about it. Wait, so, this is interesting. It's going to be above my pay grade. No, I think it's exactly at your pay grade. Amazing. Putting public safety over politics and preserving the 1,500-hour pilot training rule. So that's the title from The Hill. It could be a little fear-mongering in that title. We'll get into it a little more. So, a little bit of background. The most recent horrific plane crash in American history, I believe, was in the early 2000s, late 90s. And 50 people died in a plane crash in, I want to say it was New York. Stressful that I heard this, like, right after I got off the plane from New York. But because of that, 
There was the Airline Safety and Federal Aviation Administration Reauthorization Act of 2010. And one of the pillar of the reforms in that act is the 1500-hour rule, which requires first officers, also known as co-pilots, to have a minimum of 1500 hours of flight training time. So once again, this was because of Flight 3407, which crashed. I do want to note that the safety board found that the crash was preventable and caused by pilot error. So I'm just here to state the facts. Mm -hmm. So prior to the implementation of the 1500-hour rule, first officer pilots were only required to have a minimum of 250 flight hours in their training. Oh my gosh. So once again, flight hours are just from everything I've read and everything I've listened to. And I'm sure Jeff, I don't know if he listens. Does Jeff listen to the pod? Oh, he loves the pod. Okay, shout out Jeff. Jeff should be our expert on this and he can tell me if I'm saying anything wrong. He would actually have an interesting take on this, I'm sure. Yeah. I believe you just need hours in the seat. So like Jeff could just fly his personal plane on perfect weather for 1500 hours and that would count in the 1500 hours. It's not like, so when I got my permit in California, you needed like, 60 nighttime hours, some daytime hours. I know Texas is like really lenient on mm-hmm. driving, um, but California was very specific in like when your training times were. So keep this in mind. The reason this is being brought up is because politicians and some analysts in the aviation industry believe that the 1500 hour rule is causing a pilot shortage. And they think that barrier is too high. So, a co- but according to the FAA, a total of 15,591 new air pilot licenses were issued and 9,671 pilots retired between 2019 and 2021. So if you do that quick math, we're technically having a surplus of 6,000 pilots. There's a pilot shortage, but is it a pilot shortage of licensed pilots or the ability to just get pilots on the plane in the amount of time? Because you know how... You, you've been on a flight or waiting for a flight before, and the crew or pilot timed out. Right. From what I'm reading, and I think other people would be better experts, there's a little bit more of a shortage in that aspect than based on the numbers of just pilots who have licenses. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, recently, regional airlines have attempted to circumvent the 1500-hour rule. So, in 2022, Republic Airways requested an exemption to allow pilots graduation from the carrier's own training por- program to qualify for a commercial license, which is 750 hours of training, which the FAA denied. They were like, absolutely not. We have to stick to the 1,500-hour rule. So some politicians, Kristen Sinema, was saying that they should strike down the 1,500-hour rule because it's causing a pilot shortage, and we want it to be easier for people to get on flights. We want more pilots. We want more planes in the air. Other politicians are saying that that will cause maybe worse pilots to get in the air. Um, So I think the interesting facts, and then I want your opinion, is one, technically from the FAA data, it doesn't say that we're having a pilot shortage from licensed pilots with the 1500 hour rule. But the flip side is, is that the crash that created that rule, both of those pilots had over 1500 hours of flying time by the time that crash happened, and two, Also, something I did want to point out is that you can get the 1,500 hours by just flying on your own personal um, plane in perfect weather. Mm -hmm. So, first, what's your opinion? Should the 1,500-hour rule be strike down? How do you think it, like, in your opinion, would filter into the pilot shortage? Just what are your thoughts after hearing this? 
I'm a big fan of the 1500 rule. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you compare the requirements in the U.S. for being a pilot to other countries, we are obviously much higher Mm -hmm. by sometimes more than double what other countries require. But we also, we follow regulations and we're super safe over here. Mm -hmm. And there hasn't been a really major plane crash from on a U.S. um, airline since the date that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Something to be said about the training that's required here. Definitely. I will say, though, the requirement to fly during certain weather conditions, I think should be something that's involved in that. Because like you can't prepare for bad weather. I'm sure there's simulation. They will go through the simulations and I'm sure that the bad weather is there. So mm-hmm. this is just the entry to even get into training. Right. Um, I'm on a very similar thought process as you, maybe a little different. So I will say I am definitely risk averse when it comes to items like this. Even when I'm on vacation in areas where it's like you have to take a little puddle jumper Mm -hmm. to get across or i'm on a boat with someone who looks like they've just started driving a boat for the first time ever right i'm honestly like one of the more i'm not risk averse in a lot of situations in my life when it comes to that sort of safety i am so i am a fan of the 1500 hours even if maybe it's not as helpful like just in the back of my mind i like having that right i think that in order for in my opinion if this came across my desk and someone was saying, hey, are you for it or against it? The information that I would want is, can you prove to me that it's actually creating a pilot shortage? Right, right. So based on just the small amount of data I have now, it's not saying that it's causing a pilot shortage because more of the operational side is called, co- like the shortage is the ability to get pilots out into the planes. Right. But I'm open to seeing. But the shortage is coming from people not wanting to get vaccinated, people not being paid enough. Right, yeah. No, completely. Not from the 1,500 hours. Right. But this is something that our senators are trying to debate right now. It's so interesting. I mean, like, if you don't want to spend 1,500 hours... No, I I feel the same way. Yeah, it's like you're weeding out the people who aren't that serious. I I am all about, like, a hard weed-out process. Exactly. Especially for a pilot. I I just feel like this isn't the right place. If you're worried about a pilot shortage, this is not the right place to begin that argument. Right. It seems like a waste of time. It also is, like, the families who were a part of that crash, whose loved ones were affected by it, they're still alive. Right. So I'm sure this isn't a great feeling. I would like to see some data linking hours to plane crashes in that country. Like, the hours required for pilots in that country, and then how many plane crashes per year happen in that country. Right, because the last plane crash that I can think of is that MAX issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Malaysian? Oh, or... I forgot the Malaysian Airlines. Yeah. But there was one in Africa. There was one in... You know, there's some horrible like horrific plane crashes that happen right because if they're saying that we want to lower the 1500 hours so that we can get people into actual training by the airlines quicker right maybe i buy that then i would probably like the training at the airlines to be a little more i mean it's extremely robust right but then let's add in a little more if they're saying okay less personal time but let's add more time in the airline training program that's the only thought process to me that makes sense is if i'm a sender and i'm like one I get very confused on why they have to be so involved in this, to be honest. Yeah, it seems so like there's true. much better places to be focusing their energy. But maybe if they're saying, let's cut it to put them, get them into like American Delta quicker for more intense training there, I could kind of see it. The training on the other end, once you get into the program, would they would need to pick that up. Like there, something's got to give somewhere. Yeah. 
But, like, I'm also risk averse like you. Right. I want people to be fully trained. Like, we wouldn't tell, we would not send doctors to medical school and then cut off two years of their training. So true. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's a reason that things are set the way that they are. Right. I would just feel more comfortable if this was someone in the airline industry saying. Making these decisions. yeah, Yeah. Then our government bringing this up and feeling uncomfortable with it. Once again, they don't live in the industry every day. They don't know the ins and outs so it just seems I, I just thought it, i heard about it and i was like this is so interesting for them to be talking about mm-hmm. i don't feel super comfortable with them talking about it and i'm definitely going to keep tabs to see what does happen my guess is it gets cut i don't believe that this has any legs no it's crazy i mean in my mind less training means less prepared pilots which means more injuries flying planes completely so why would you want that yeah why would the airlines want that it makes no sense if they can prove that that's not the case of what happens with less training Mm -hmm. then maybe i could see why they cut the hours but i mean i know the airlines are going back and forth with negotiations with pilots over hours allowed in the air over compensation and if i was an airline i would just be like i don't this i don't need another thing thrown into my bucket right now. right right like we're already dealing with so much but i'm gonna keep the touche fans and ourselves updated because i was like oh please do this uh, is really interesting i was like let's not um cut those hours have you ever read the book outliers i'm going on like a tangent now about plane crashes um M- malcolm gladwell i've heard about it before no should I- he has a whole and this is not exactly because you're talking about hours of training and yeah. I'm, I'm like going more into the plane crash no, please do. realm because like a plane crash for whatever reason is like such a big fear for me. No, same. It's so scary. Ever since we started working in the travel industry, for some reason, my fears were heightened. Maybe because I'm like around travel way more now. Yeah. But he talks about in one of his sections how like mitigated language is linked to more plane crashes in countries. So countries with more mitigated language oh interesting yes indirect Mm -hmm. communication where you're not being like super clear with like what you're needing yeah and so in countries where you know there might be like more it might be more hierarchical Mm -hmm. is that how i say hierarchical yes or like there might be more of like a chain of command yeah there can it can equate to more plane crashes because people aren't being direct when there's like a need in the air or something or they're waiting for like their main captain right to make a call instead of like the co-captain making a call yes so i think that's really interesting yeah they don't feel empowered enough to make decisions on their own exactly Mm -hmm. yeah so they're waiting for this like kind of chain of command so, and it's so it just it leads to more plane crashes as opposed to maybe somewhere in america mm-hmm. where we don't have that same hierarchy right or there's not that same cultural thing where it's like oh you're this level and i'm this level mm-hmm. i don't give a shit i'm gonna tell you what i want right now yeah. we have less of a gap yeah so i just thought that was really interesting no, that is really interesting it's interesting how all of those little nuances of culture can affect even items like is there a bigger plane crash? Right. Are drivers safer? Right. Like how that works, if they're trained to feel more empowered or if it's just, we're not going to even take that into effect. I don't know. I'm sure there's a flip side to that too that, like have you ever watched, what was that show? Not Sully. Not the, the one with... um. Where he lands in the Hudson River. Yeah, not that one. What's the other one? 
it's it's fake, I think, with Denzel Washington. Oh no, what's it called? So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up. I like ten I like really do not like watching plane crash movies. No, it's terrible. It's anxiety ridden. Because I the opposite as you is that so I was like really good about it until college. And then I had like one stressful flight when I was in college. And then it kind of stressed me out for the rest of my flying. And then I started flying for work and I just like got used to it. Right. And then something that actually helped me the most, and I like hate this, but people at our company who like love flying talk about it so in depth that I was just like, oh, it's just like ingrained now. And then I kind of got over it. No, for sure. I definitely had like a moment when I was like 21 where I was like, oh my God, why am I stressed about flying all of a sudden? No, I know. That kind of happened to me as well. I, I guess maybe it's like, it's kind of linked to you feeling like you're older, you have so much amazing life ahead of you, and like you get more scared. At least that's how I feel. I'm like, oh my God, my parents would be so sad. You know what's interesting is I watched this TV show. Um, I forgot what movie it was, and they were flying. It was this movie on Netflix. I think it was called What If? I think it's the TV show or movie. And they were taking a private jet, and they were in intense turbulence. And one of the people was not stressed, and one of the other girls was stressed. And she was like, did you know that individuals who get stressed during t- turbulence, it's because they feel that they have a lack of control in the moment, and they have control issues if you have flight anxiety. Wait, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and the same thing is supposed to happen with car stress. I do not, like, I do not get stressed when other people are driving crazy. Like, you could almost drive me over a cliff, and I'd be like, but the pl- ever since I saw that, and then every time during turbulence where I do get stressed... I'm like, oh my God, do I have control issues? I feel like that's a really, that's kind of a stretch. No one likes to feel like they're in a dangerous situation, regardless of having control issues. But like, yeah, but you deem it's a dangerous situation because you're not in control. Technically, it's not a dangerous situation. I mean, we can like cut all this part out, but- No, no, I kind of like it. But you're in a dangerous situation because you feel like you can't control the outcome. Because I know people, well, like Vizzy Boy literally loves turbulence. Like, prefers it. Thinks it's so fun. That tracks so hard I know, for him. I know. No, and he reads all... Him and all... Busy Boy and all his friends read all of those, like... There's, like, a website that shows the reports from planes each day. It's crazy. Don't read it. But they all love turbulence. So what? why do they like turbulence? They're like, I mean, they're like it's fun. And because they have a fundamental trust that nothing is going to go wrong with the plane. I mean... Nothing very, will go wrong. It's very yeah. unlikely, obviously. And like for people who don't know the kind of training or the kind of um, conditions that we put planes through to test, like the amount of turbulence that they can... is insane. It's insane how much turbulence that a plane can go through without having serious issues. Like either your pilot's trying to knock you out if you go through that turbulence or the world is ending. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So... There's really no reason to be scared. I understand though. I mean, maybe it's a lack of control. Maybe it's just like fear. Fear in general rather than a lack of control though. I recently have gotten like a really big fear of long haul international flights when you're flying over like a big body of water. Mm. Like that's when I feel like the most afraid. Interesting. But I'm pretty sure based on what I've heard from our pilot friends like Jeff, that you're always pretty, you're within some mile radius of an airport. Yeah. So say you do lose an engine or something happens, like you could kind of coast to a nearby airport. Yeah. It's and so interesting how like all of that stuff is so random, like long haul international flights. I could go through the worst turbulence ever over the water and it would not stress me out at all. Wait, really? Yeah. It's that Flying over lo- large bodies of water does not stress me out at all. That's so funny. I actually feel better and I'm like, okay. Whatever, we'll figure it out. Wait, my, that's so funny. 
My only stress now pretty much comes from... I've been getting... Okay, this is actually upsetting because it's not even stress. It's like I've been getting like queasy on flights recently. From like actual um, like motion sickness? Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. No. So, and it's only during takeoff if we have like a bumpy takeoff. Maybe you need like Dramamine or whatever those are. And so also, and this part can get cut off if we're just droning to get specific. We could have the worst turbulence landing ever and it would not bother me. The landing doesn't bother me. I'm like, we're almost home. Same. <laughs> it's Same. like everyone just, just hang on for a Same. second. I'm like, if we fall like straight out of the sky onto the runway, I'm like, we made it. We're yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. We're still there. It's just like the f- stuff in the first half of the flight stresses me out. Yeah. Once I'm like halfway through the flight, if anything happened, I would be like, I don't fuck. If we lose 10 engines, I'm like, whatever. We're almost there. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So that's fun. That's fun. Interesting. Does anyone have any travel fears? Write us an email and let us know. Yeah. The, not to continue to harp on this, but I felt bad. The girl next to me on my flight home, she was like stressing the fuck out that whole flight. And I felt bad because I'm like, do I address it with her and be like, babe, it's okay. Or right. do I not address I'm like, I didn't know what, like what moment she wanted to have. That's always tough. I think I talked about this on the episode yeah. coming home and like a girl was freaking out. I just kind of looked at her and gave her like a thumbs up. <laughs> so like, you can do that. You don't have to say anything. I like tried to like start talking to her and she kind of joined, but then... I, I don't know. I don't know. And she going. was gripping onto the... Uh-huh. And I was like... Oh, poor thing. Yeah, I was like, what movies are you watching? It also, like, depends on your pilot. Like, some of my pilots, I can tell that they make an effort to have, like, a really clear path. Mm-hmm. And, like, my pilot coming home from Cleveland, he was like, I don't give a fuck. We're getting home, even if I, like, go through wind the whole time. No, I love that. Which I was like, at that point... I was like, get me out of no, Cleveland. No, same. <laughs> I was like, we could literally be in a tornado yeah. spinning circles. We could yeah. be doing loops the whole <laughs> way. <laughs> And I'd be like, this is fine. I just want to be in my bed right now. I don't care if we just are doing... If I'm upside down that whole flight, I wouldn't have even cared. I was like, just get me home. Oh, man. Okay. Well, it's time for Touche to take off, baby. David, do you want to show us the money? Yes. Yes, I do. And I'm back with a show me the money. Here I am today to talk about... An interesting brand, Tally. Do you know the brand Shein? Oh, David, do I? Have you ordered anything from there? I I haven't. I don't think I've ever ordered something from there, but I have worn my friend's clothes from Shein. Did you think the quality was good? Or it, it gave... So Shein, correct me if I'm wrong, it became popular after we got out of college? I don't remember the timeline of its popularity. Okay, so when did you wear the Shein? Like a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. Because it became really popular... To me on my TikTok through college girls doing like going out hauls. And I was like, oh, we didn't, I don't remember anyone buying Shein stuff when I was in college. Yeah, there's like a lot. It's very big like influencer. I'm pretty sure you can have like your own capsule collection and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. You So perfect that you mentioned influencer because there's been something interesting going around. So when you think of influencer trips, what do you think of? Like Tarte. Coachella. Mm-hmm. Like, Mad Happy, mm-hmm. other, like, I don't really consider Shein, no, I don't consider Shein a luxury brand, and I don't even really consider it a middle-tier brand. I can, oh, no. I it's it like fast fashion. budget. Forever 21, but a little step down. I don't really think of Shein when I think of influencer trips, but I am actually could be so wrong there. Shein's headquartered in China, right? Mm-hmm. So, Shein has actually recently done an influencer trip and brought six influencers to China to its headquarters And also to look at its factories. No way. Yeah, so it's receiving some backlash from people. And it's also receiving backlash from me too. Because 
From you as well or from the Me Too movement? Oh, me as well. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that's funny. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, that's crazy. What's going on in China? Everyone's getting really involved in this. Um, because obviously this is propaganda. And I'm going to get into a little of the background of why this is an issue. And then... Okay, can I just guess? It's all about them trying to be like, we don't use child labor. 100%. Okay, yeah. And obviously, like, all of the influencers are getting paid to go on this trip. Right. To post and be and say, oh my god, everything's fine. They don't use child labor law. One, influencers will literally do anything for a check. 100%. Two, they're being paid. So they have to say, well, they don't have to, but they have to say whatever Sheehan wants them to. But three, I'm just here. I'm being completely honest. No matter how much Sheehan paid me, one, I would not go on this tour. Two, I would not say whatever propaganda they want me to do. Three, I, I also like just, once again, would not go on this tour because no offense, but I, I just think that would hurt my brand. No, this is so confusing. Okay, really quickly, not to pivot us. Have you seen the movie The Interview? No. Well, like I've heard enough and seen enough clips because I knew I was really into the whole like North Korea cyber attack thing. Yes, yeah. yes. So when Kim Jong-un in- invites James Frank James Franco to North Korea to interview him in person, mm-hmm. he has all of his people like take all the grocery stores and put like wrapping on the outside to look like kids are eating and like all these different things. So it's obviously playing off the fact that everyone in North Korea is starving. Right. And it's a dictatorship. Right. And so he just like is tricking everybody by putting like fake signs and like all this stuff. I'm picturing this in the Shein factories. No, 100%. So I'll have to send you the videos on TikTok, but I watched a couple of them. All of the factories were run by robots and there was just like six or 10 people, which I'll bring up some statistics about how many clothes Shein makes in an hour. That was not the actual factory. And it's crazy because the influencers were like, oh my God, they weren't even sweating. Like I was sweating just walking through the factory and they had just good times. And they were able to take take a nap after lunch and they only work six hours a day. And I'm like, you're so dumb. Are you kidding? This is obviously a joke. And what's crazy is people are like, they were like, why would China lie to me? It's like, you and China aren't friends, babes. 100%. And also, influencers, China and Xi'an, missed the boat on that. Because the issue with Xi'an is the child labor laws and all of those things. And I'll get into that soon, I promise, everyone. But obviously, if I'm trying to influence people that that's not an issue anymore, influencers are not political correspondents. They're not people I look to when I think about what's going on in the world, what how do I feel about, like, labor laws? How do I feel about, like, Chinese-U.S. relations? And a fashion influencer is not who I'm going to believe. No, for sure. I'm like, babes, you got that crop top from Shein, <laughs> a $100 credit, and they flew you out to China. And it was crazy because the trip didn't even look cute. If I got invited to the Shein trip, but not, like, tart Maui, I'm like, I'm just not making the cut. And yeah. maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, like, I want to be Emma Chamberlain being flown out to, like, the Louis Vuitton show in Paris. Exactly. Not if she- when you're that, you're it. If I get an invitation for the Shein factory tour, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's rock bottom. I need, sometimes you got no one to fold it, and that's when you need to fold it. If I get invited to any factory tour, I'm out. No, see. I'm being flown to Aspen with champagne, not a factory tour in, in, in the I'm middle in of nowhere, for- China. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. And yeah, it was, it was, I was like embarrassed watching the videos. They must have been paid a lot of money though. I also don't even think they were, yeah. I mean, what are some of the issues that are wrong with Shein? 
So Xi'an, the China-based global fashion e-retailer, has come under fire for labor law violations and its environmental impact over the last two years. They recently invited six influencers to tour one of its factories, innovation center, and warehouse, which has been viewed controversially among social media users. So apart from the labor law violations, something else I want to show in this happened a lot during quarantine Shein sends like one piece of clothing and one piece of plastic Mm. so if you order 50 different items each item is boxed in a separate different piece of plastic you have to see the box it's pretty elaborate and it's a lot of plastic for just small pieces Mm -hmm. so that's their environmental issue people have been saying you can box it together Obviously, if I'm in a supply chain, that requires more work to understand which orders are shipping with what. For sure. So they just do everything cheaply. They've also had a lot of issues with that. Some of the issues that the factories have come under is they've reported seeing bared windows, no emergency exits, violations of Chinese labor laws, as employees explain that they work up to 75 hours per week, and they only receive one to two days off per month. That's insane. And so if you were a contractor, you didn't even get the one to two days off. You just worked until you literally passed out. Reuters reported Sheen violated the UK's Modern Slavery Act of 2015 by not publicly disclosing the working conditions of factories involved in its supply chain and the way it's combating forced labor and falsely claimed to be certified by the International Organization for Standardization. So basically Sheen is like lying about like all of their different certificates, everything that's going on. Now, they've recently come into U.S. issues because Shein has been able to avoid customs review and maintain cheap products through a U.S. tariff law loophole. According to the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, many of the package's total items are cheaper than $800, which makes sense. So to spend over $800 at Shein would be crazy. My God, you're getting an entirely new wardrobe. <laughs> For like the next year. Yeah. So... Xi'an, along with another fellow Chinese fashion company, Temu, I haven't really heard about them before, T-E-M-U, they ship packages to the U.S. without having to pay tariffs or provide information on their labor practices due to Section 321 of the Tariff Act of 1930. So as long as you ship everything under $800, you don't have to tell the U.S. what the labor is like. And you don't have to pay any tariffs on it. Who wrote this law? In 1930, they were just, I, I feel like in 1930, we were not thinking that fast fashion from China. Like, th- people were not thinking that girls at Texas State were going to buy crop tops from China. <laughs> that was just... <laughs> we should have thought more into the future. If I said that to someone in 1930 right now, they would faint. Because they would not know what any of those word means. Texas They'd be like, State. Texas You're State? You're fucking drag oh, Texas okay. State. Who are these influencers that went? So I looked at all six of them and I don't know any of them. Do they have a big following? A decent bit, but I am clearly not in their target audience. If I, I don't know like how old these influencers are. They must be like... They're older than us. I am so confused. Like this is such an ethical violation. I'm like, I could not do this no. morally yeah. and be okay with it. Like literally, literally children have sent like help me in boxes. Yes, people's tags have said help us on the Shein clothing. Yeah. Like, I know some of that, I don't know how much of this is real and how much of it isn't, but it's no surprise that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of companies that are using child labor that they manufacture Mm -hmm. in China. No, completely. So it's not like this is a new concept. This is seriously, like, if anyone who has not seen the interview needs to go watch it right now. It's like James Franco, like, goes into these quote-unquote grocery shops in North Korea is like, 
the Jim, Kim Jong-un has like created to like create this stage environment for how happy everyone is. And he finds like all the apples and bananas are just made of plastic. And he's like crunching them. 100%. And I mean, one, I'm pretty sure North Korea like actually does that. But two. No, I know. It, I mean, a part of the conversation too is how far would you go for a check? <laughs> That's a great question. I would say no to this easily. Oh, 100% I would say no to this. There's a lot of stuff I would say no to. Same. Anything that like violates my moral compass in any way, I would not be into. Once again, we're not influencers, but like even in my personal life, there's two things I think of exactly. One, does it affect my moral compass? Mm-hmm. Yes or no. And two, I mean, not always in my personal life, but if I was an influencer, does this align with my brand image? Mm-hmm. And once again, if I was going to be one, a Shein factory tour is not aligned <laughs> with my brand image. I'm so sorry. You're calling it a Shein factory tour just like <laughs> is sending me. That's like the just truly rock bottom. No, literally. Louis Vuitton show in Paris? Yes. Yes. Shein factory tour? No. I honestly would even like... Except Target to fly me out to Minneapolis. 100%. Every brand is under some sort of fire for something. Okay, what's like such like a random ass brand? What do I do a lot? That's like trolley. Like honestly, even if like Toyota wanted me to fly out and get no, a I car. I keep like trying to think of brands and I was like, nope, can't do that. Can't do that. Can't Ikea's do that. fine, right? That'd be dope. Yeah. Ikea if... fly me to Switzerland. Okay, Ikea, Ikea Touche ta- uh, collab. We're both moving. So if Ikea, if you want to fly us out to Switzerland for a factory tour, that is one I'm all for. You guys probably don't use child labor because Switzerland is such a great place to be. Yeah, Ikea Ikea factory tour. IFT. (laughs) Let's get that trending. Also, in all summary, people think that Shein's doing this because they're going to try to go public. I did go on the Shein website just like, I'm like, is there anything cute? They knock off all of the big brands. So there's tons of cute stuff. Maybe for girls. Have you looked at the guys section? No, I mean, it's you can get very trendy items for cheap. This is why I really love brands like Oliver Cabell because mm. they're manufacturing everything in Italy. Yeah. No, I am a Shein hater. I just want you to know that yeah. I no, would no, not no. buy anything from them. No, I'm. we're both Shein haters. I think we've made that clear. We're all about quality on Touche. Yes, quality over quantity and fuck child labor. Agreed. Fuck child labor. That's like so sad when you think about it. It's like... It's actually disturbing. If there's anything in this world that I'm passionate about is that we should protect children. 100%. Thank you for that update. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's Touche the P. Thank you for listening to our episode of Touche the Podcast. As always, rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can find podcasts. Be sure to only give us five stars and nothing less than five stars. And follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Touche the Podcast. Tally's been putting out some fire memes on our Instagram, so be sure to check that out. A lot of Kim K. A lot of Kim K. Kappa Kim K crop top, Touche yeah. branded. Coming out with merch soon. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Tally and I are going to go infiltrate the Shein factory tour. I'm going to go start training to be a pilot. I'm going to go get invited to the next revolve around the world. Lucky. Why am I stuck with the Shein factory tour and you're going to revolve? We appreciate you guys for uh, sticking with us all this time. 22 episodes. Amen, baby. Lucky 22. Angel number. Angel number. Are, are we going to end it? Said, we should have said that on the intro. Angel number? Yeah. Okay. Okay, but I mean, we can record another one. Good night. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good night.